You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but it's the 21st century. Financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It's for you and me, busy moms and dads living their best life. The big question is this, how do we create time, avoid making painful mistakes, set examples for our children and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best guest experts. It is now the time you start living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shogunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. I am your host, Anna Sergunina, and today we're joined by a remarkable guest, David Delisle, an Amazon best-selling author, entrepreneur, investor, speaker, and a devoted dad. David is the creative force behind The Golden Quest, a number one ranked graphic novel that empowers kids about money. In this episode, we'll explore the essence of discovering your awesome stuff and why it holds the key to fulfilling life for your own kids. David introduces a transformative question. Why do you want money that will reshape kids' financial decisions in the future? We also challenge conventional wisdom of saving as the ultimate financial practice. So tune in for an eye-opening perspective and actionable insight. Stay tuned for ways to connect with David, his ideas, and how you can access his valuable insights. Whether you are a parent molding young minds or on your own journey to financial freedom, this episode is a gateway to the golden quest for richer life. Let's dive right in. Hey, Money Bosses, welcome back to another episode of the Money Boss Podcast. I'm excited for today's conversation because Yet again, we are talking about how can we make our kids better when it comes to money. Of course, as parents, we have a lot of responsibility, but I get to talk about money because that's what I do day to day and also bring exciting guests to the show. So David, welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Anna, I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, this is going to be fun. It is, right? Because... um, Parenthood is a wonderful journey, (laughs) lots to be learned. And, you know, I get to work with parents on their personal finances. And so I've seen over the years as their financial planner, you know, they have kids, they grow, they go on uh, to do their own life, um, where the question comes up, you know, from time to time is how do we start, right? Because a lot of us, and I'm really curious, this is where we go in today is to, to learn about your journey, because there's a reason why you want to talk about this topic. But I found it and practically, you know, my own experience is that you make enough mistakes, right, in your life, and then you find yourself at one point, like, okay, I want to do better. So Tell us a little bit about why this topic and, you know, kids and finances of interest to you and how did you get started? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I was always a bit of a a money nerd. So I started reading finance books at a young age, like grade five, grade six, 
maybe even younger, I was always into finance and money. So this stuff I've always loved. And because of that, I've always sort of had investments. And in my early 20s, I got into real estate and was basically semi-retired by 40. And then as I was watching my young boys get older, I wanted to sort of talk to them a bit about money and pass on some of this knowledge. So I looked around for a lot of information out there and found that some of it really resonated, but a lot of it didn't. And that's sort of how I got into sort of talking about this, because I find, mm -hmm. especially with something like money, we tend to overthink it. And that's what I even found for myself. Like, I, I love this stuff, so I would overthink it. But looking back over having invested for the last you know, 20, 30 plus years, I realized a lot of it really is habits and mindset more than anything else. And those things we can teach our young kids, and it's not that complicated. So we sort of build up money as this thing that is very tricky and complicated. And there's so many pieces to learn when really it's just habits in the same way as parents. We teach kids to, you know, say thank you and look people in the eye and, you know, just these basic habits we, we teach at a young age. We can be teaching those same habits to our kids about finances, and it won't become this big hurdle for them that, that they struggle with. Yes, it's funny because I was just thinking a few days ago, my son, um, I'm, I'm not sure what he was. He, he's at an age, he's four and a half. And so he's at age where like he shot, he's just talking a lot, like all kinds of things. And so he, he was telling me something after school. And then one of the phrases comes out of his mouth is like, I want to be rich. And I, you know, I paused for a second. I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, he probably heard something somewhere. Right. So it, and like, do you, I was like, okay, do you even know what that means? Like, tell me, what does that mean to you? And so he says, I want to have a lot of money. I'm like, okay, why? And so, I mean, the, the thing these days for four and a half is like, I can buy more toys. I'm like, well, how many toys do you need? So it was like a very interesting conversation, right? That came from something. So the point here I'm trying to make is that kids are hearing stuff everywhere, right? And this idea, right? And I don't know if it's an idea that's sunk in in his head yet, right? That money gives you these opportunities, right? To do whatever it is that you want to do. So when you're four and a half, you want to buy all the toys. You want to buy the toy store. <laughs> but as you go to live your life, right? As an adult, you're right. You need to have like the, the, the skills, right? You need to internalize, you need to be better with this. So how it's a struggle, right? For us as, as adults, it's a struggle to have this mindset, right? Or these skills or habits. So how do you, your boys are a little bit older than my son. So how do you start this conversation um, with them? So, I mean, some of the stuff is just talking, like just showing them choice. So going back to your son, like that's what I, that's the part that has me sort of most passionate about this. Cause I notice that trend. It's just not with kids. It's with, you know, teens, adults, like we all feel that like there's this desire for more money. And, and so in the same way, most people talking about money and finance, they're talking about how to have more because that's really the goal that everyone has. But what I found is if, if we don't understand why we want more in the first place, sort of like you're mentioning, asking your son, like, why do you want more? We just end up just chasing more. And it doesn't matter how much we achieve, like your son might think if I only had a million dollars, I could buy the toy store and that's all I need. But then we meet millionaires and they're like, if I only had 5 million, then I could buy this car or this house. And then we meet people that have 5 million. They're like, but now I want the boat or a nicer house or bigger vacations. And there really is no end. And so we think of like this endless consumerism. It's because all we 
have ever learned is a desire to have more. Mm -hmm. And pausing first and figuring out the why is really important. And that's, you're asking before the show, what the awesome stuff is. And that's what I refer to as the awesome stuff. Like, what is your mm. why? What is the stuff that's really important to you? And anyone will be like, well, all of it. And your son would probably say the same. But when they pause, reflect on like, well, what's your favorite thing? What do you love most in your room? How, what about these things that you're not playing with anymore or that are in the closet under all your clothes or under your bed or you never do anything with? Like, what about these things? And you can tell if you like pick your favorite thing, what do you love the most? And even the five-year-old can usually hit on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of where those conversations start. So then they start reflecting on, well, what do they love? What is important to them? And that's the sort of the mindset piece that you can start at an early age, because it doesn't have to be a complicated conversation. It can just be, what do you love the most? And then when they get things and let them make good decisions or bad decisions, and then like, do you, what about this thing that you loved? And what about this thing? And, and they start noticing what's important because really what you realize is everything is a choice and and if you just chase more you don't really get the things that are really important to you i love the why because i and i again i'm i'm more in the category of working with parents right and so like anyone sits down to do a financial plan is it has to think about like what it is that they want and why like how is it how is it going to connect like saving certain amount of money, working for, you know, for a certain amount of years, like you mentioned, you semi-retired by 40, right? So like there are certain things, right? They have to happen on this plan or we call it a money roadmap, but why, right? Like if you can't really answer that for yourself, it wouldn't really work because you're not going to, or maybe you have a different th thought on this, but in my opinion, if you don't really understand the deeper meaning, you're not going to put in the hard work to do it, right? If if that was your goal. Um, it's not as connected internally, right? So most likely you're going to be focused on something else. So having that reasoning really makes sense. Now, as you start to have these conversations with kids, right? Because kids learn by observing, right? They watch what their parents do. They watch what their you know, friends at school do. They watch what's happening on YouTube, right? And they learn all that kind of stuff there. I'm sure that's where my son is picking up a lot of a lot of things that he's mentioning. So like how, you know, how do you balance these things? Like one of the things that um, I've learned from a few of my other guests who are focused on teaching kids financial literacy is like, okay, let's start these basic habits such as understand, you know, where your money's going, right? Like, for example, the three jars, like concept, mm -hmm. save, spend, and give. So like, how do you bring this, the soft, I call it the softer side, like the why into this equation? Yeah. So, I mean, I like the three jars as well. And I'm tr I've used that with my boys. In practice, all these things start getting a little tricky though. And you mm -hmm. find like, as a parent's consistency gets tricky as well. So you try things and you do things, but we're busy and it's, it's so complicated. So I keep looking at ways to integrate it where it's just, it's simpler and it's not like a lecture or a big deal. So like something as simple as the whys with, with the young kids, especially when they don't understand dollars or math or money, mm -hmm. putting things in terms of something they do understand. So when my guys are really young, they love Lego and they always love candy. Like kids love candy. So they also mm -hmm. like chocolate bars. So I could put things in terms of cost, in terms of like Lego and chocolate bars. So when they wanted something like, I want this, you know, teddy bear or this ice cream or to go on this ride at the fair, I could be like, okay, well that costs, 
you know, one Lego set or three chocolate bars. And already now in their minds, now they have two, they have two choices and they can start seeing what, what it is, what, what the cost is of what they're looking at and then start making decisions. Cause then they, they can start seeing like, well, would you rather, you know, get this hamburger at McDonald's or would you rather have this teddy bear? Or would you rather, you know, get this new bike or would you rather, you know, go to the, go swimming or go to, you know, some water slides or whatever it is. And, and I think that's useful for parents as well, just to be an adult, to just be aware of what our choices are, because we might say we want something, but once we recognize the cost of that thing in terms of what we might have to give up, it changes. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear people say, you know, I want to spend more time with their kids, but then they'll spend money and have to work longer hours and not spend time with their kids because of something else that they're buying. So it's just being aware of what, what are those trade-offs? And, and that's what's neat with kids. So then they can see like, is that ice cream really what you want? Or is this teddy bear really what you want? Like once they can start seeing the, the choices they can make, because they don't mm -hmm. know what $10 or a hundred dollars means, yes. but they do know what the things around their room or what they do mean. And they can start making some of those decisions of knowing what's what they value. And, and that's how you get close to the why is just, mm -hmm. just comparison. That's how you understand the value of money. And it doesn't have to be a, a tricky conversation. It's like, this is in terms of what they understand, this is how much this costs. I love this um, because I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, but it is, a, it is a struggle, right? At least for me right now, it's like, okay, it's a trip to a toy store once a week. Right. And so he's happy on that front, but um because I've been thinking lately, like, how do I teach him that there's experiences, right? That um, going to the park, right? Or like things that we can do as a family that does not involve money, right? And so how, like, how do you teach young kids to value that versus the thing, like you said, the Lego or the candy bar or whatever else that they love? So because later on as adults, we get in the same trouble, right? We overspend on credit cards or we don't save enough for our own retirement and a whole bunch of other problems where, you know, if we really look underneath all of it, it could have been, it could have been other things that we done, right? With our life and had more experiences versus like more stuff. So like, I don't know if you've had, you probably had to run into this with your kids. Like, how do you kind of, we, we in this experience idea versus stuff idea. Mm -hmm. So one of the first lessons in the book is around this awesome stuff. And in the book, a little, like basically a young boy goes on a quest and learns these life lessons from different mentors. And his first, the first mentor talks about this awesome stuff. So like, we just had the conversation briefly and the young boy basically asked the same question. He's like, what, like everything I buy is awesome. What do you mean? only buy the awesome stuff or focus on the things that are important. Like all my stuff is just mm -hmm. as we naturally would think the same, but then the lesson basically evolves. It's like, okay, well let's like, let's walk through your room. Like let's think of everything in there. Start looking at all your stuff. Like what do you love the most? What's most important to you? What makes you the happiest? What has consistently made you the happiest or that never gets forgotten or is your favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And then that starts becoming your bar of, what you love. So then when you're looking at new things, you can compare it against that. And then the lesson sort of continues and talks about, and it doesn't have to be things. It could be experiences, 
maybe it's a walk in the park. Maybe it's going out for ice cream with your friends. Like there's a lot of things that you may love. And once you start recognizing what those things are, it really doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the fact of just reflecting. And that's the beauty of it is kids don't even have to be that great at this. The fact that you're teaching them to reflect on what's important to them, mm-hmm. that's a lesson that'll stick with them all the way through adulthood. And it's going to change. What's important to them is going to change how quickly and easily they reflect, what how they feel in their body and recognize what makes them really excited. Like that's going to change. But just the fact that we're starting to teach them to pause, that's that's huge. So the same thing with like the little, you know, five-year-old at a toy store having a temper tantrum because they want a specific mm-hmm. thing. Instead of saying no, which is teaching them lack or trying to be like, we're saving for this, again, teaching them lack or doing without or all these other emotions around it. If we just turn it back on them, I'm like, is this your awesome stuff? Is this what you really love? And having them have to pause and reflect on like, that's a good question. Is this what I really love? And you'll watch like even a five-year-old will do that and mm. put down the things they don't love because they they know what they want just because they see it and they want to buy it and they want you to buy it for them <laughs> and what they actually truly love. And we know as parents, like mm-hmm. what their favorite toy is or what they take on every trip or what they, you know what's really special to them. And it doesn't have to be much more difficult than that. And that's the thing is all the stuff around money actually doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really easy. We just need to be a little bit more aware of what we're, what we're teaching and why. Yeah. Becoming a new parent is extraordinary, life-changing events that brings a mix of emotions from joy to worry, excitement, and fear. Suddenly, You're not only responsible for yourself, but also for another little person who depends on you for everything. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed. But remember, you've got this. Did you know that raising a child from birth to age 18 can cost over $234,000 on average? And that does not even include things like daycare, private school, or college savings for the future. Planning for these expenses is crucial, and that's where the Money Parent Checklist comes in. I've created this resource for new parents like you to get you started. It will help you adapt and prepare for your new financial reality. It's a comprehensive guide that covers everything from setting up a budget for your new family, planning baby expenses, securing your child's future, and even preparing for those exciting college years ahead. Yes, I've got you covered from A to Z, so you can focus on cherishing those precious moments with your little one. But don't let money worries get in the way of creating unforgettable memories. Visit parentmoneychecklist.com today and grab your free copy. So how, like, and we're talking about kids, but I'm sure these steps are something that parents can take or follow themselves as well, right? Because we want to be the examples in front of our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what's really fun is if you start doing this, <clears throat> another thing I really want to do is to take out like so much shame and judgment and emotion out of money. So kids can pick something. And as parents, we might cringe for like, oh, like that's such a stupid thing to spend money on. But mm-hmm. if it's their thing and we just let it be their thing, that's fine. And as parents, we can tell them like, oh, this is your awesome stuff. This is like 
daddy's awesome stuff. This mm-hmm. is as a family, what we value. And so all these things, again, don't become like, we can't afford it. It's no, like, this is what's more important to us. This is where we focus our time or our money or where we put our resources. Cause this is what is important to us as a family. And they can start to see that and model that. And we can start. And, and if we start showing them as well, like I thought this was a thing, but notice that I went and bought this and I, I don't wear this piece piece of clothing or we never use this thing that we bought or we don't enjoy it. Like that wasn't our awesome stuff. And I thought maybe it was like, we could tell them the, the bad things or what's going through our mind or what we love and letting them see it. So mm-hmm. uh, with adults as well, a lot of times I'll hear what they're, what they love, what they think they love is. And I'm not actually like, I don't, I'm not judging what your thing is, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you can just tell by the person's body language, how much they actually love it. And when someone gets really passionate about something and they lean forward and their eyes light up and their voice changes, and you could see that excitement through their whole body, that's different than saying, oh, I really want to buy X with no emotion. Mm -hmm. And once we get better at recognizing like what truly gets us excited and lit up and makes us passionate, we can mimic that for our children and they can see how excited things make us and if it's like well we're all going out for a nice family dinner but it's you know everyone's bickering and fighting and it just lands flat that's not going to be we're not showing them that we actually really love spending money on that thing we're just going through the motions but if we're there and it's excitement everyone's happy and it's just like this amazing evening they can see that so we can we can mimic it just through really our body language. Like we know when we're doing something we love and we, when we are doing something we don't and kids can pick up on that as well. Well, They they can very much. So your kids are teenagers. So is like, have you started teaching them the whole investing, right? Like, cause there's a certain, there's certain levels, right. To what you can teach them because there's so much they can understand and process. So I suppose teenagers are, are ready to start a conversation around investing. So have you? <laughs> yeah, what are you teaching them <laughs> for sure. And the investing, and again, I try to teach it as habits and simple. So, investing, especially with young kids, like if they get in the habit, sort of like you're talking about with the jars, if they get in the habit of saving a certain percentage of everything that comes in and then investing that same savings, that over a lifetime will grow so fast that we actually have a hard time imagining it. That's why you have all these like models where people say, like, Here's the difference between someone who started, you know, 10 versus 30 or mm-hmm. how much more you have to put in or how much little you have to save for to earn a million dollars if you started when you're only one year old or whatever it is. So because our minds can't fathom that, but getting our kids just used to saving that bit and then investing. And then even with the investing, a lot of times we overthink it. And like I said, like I read these books, I loved it. I did mm-hmm. real estate. I did stocks. I did all the different things. And still do, but I love that stuff. But Mm -hmm. realistically, if you're in the habit of just investing on a regular basis and just putting in the entire stock market, not trying to time the market, not trying to pick pick specific stocks and just going for the average over time and the stock market. And you start thinking in terms of like 10, 20 years, not like, you know, one, two years, (laughs) that money's going to grow and you don't have to think about it. Like that's for me, the whole purpose of this is so that money isn't something that stresses you out or you think about or dictates your decisions, but something that fades into the background. So that's where 
trying to keep it simple. And I, and you have to be careful because I'm talking about this stuff all the time and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it and I can notice even with my boys, them getting anxious, wondering like, am I going to have enough money? Am I saving enough? Mm-hmm. And they start getting these worries and I don't want them to have those worries. So I try to be very careful to sort of not, not teach them too much where they're constantly feeling like they have to be super vigilant and just keeping it simple. Like, look, everything that comes in, take 20%, invest it. Even the investing, if you don't understand the investing, like you were mentioning, like with your clients, like there's financial planners that are experts. Most people who invest don't actually know what they're investing in. They go with professionals. So you don't have to know how to invest. You just need to be in the habit of investing and know how to find someone you trust to do that for you. So so it, it can be so much easier than we think. And then for our kids, they don't have to worry about it. Because if they if that piece is taken care of, how they spend the remain, remaining 80%, same for adults, isn't as important if you've already handled that saving investing bit right, right from the beginning. Yeah. I, and I'll link in our show notes here, the two episodes that I've done at the, like really at the beginning of this podcast for parents to kind of tune in about the three jars that you're talking about, um, just so that kids can, can start to, um, to get into a habit of that. Like what's the, you know, how can, how much do we save? How much do we spend? And then also start to develop their generosity as well. And then, um, I mentioned this to you, uh, before we hit record, but, um, they're one of my most popular episodes on this podcast is about um, helping parents figure out, do they open a savings account or like an investment account for kids just to get started? Because this is like, you know, we all get like gifts of money for Christmas or grandparents give money. And here's, you know, here's a few, you know, a few hundred bucks. And so that will help you kind of decide what you want to do. And so, yeah, I agree. I'm with you on the fact that you don't need to overthink what is the hot stock you need to pick today, right? Because it's one today and next one tomorrow. Um, and if you can if you can get the aggregate of what the markets give you, real estate market, stock market, bond market, and give yourself time, right? Then the, the magic happens with all of this. Now, I wanted to ask a question because you mentioned real estate and some and that's as you know as a, an investment vehicle. Uh, seems like was something that you got interested early in your life. Now that, you know, there's probably been education or books that you read. So share with us, is this, is this kind of seeding from the rich dad per dad sort of mentality? And um, if that that is how, you know, how had that shaped your thoughts around, you know, real estate as an investment? Um, I mean, I definitely read books, but a lot of it, it's funny, so much of real estate is trial and error. And I wish I knew what I know now, 10, 20 years ago, but you just, you don't, there's, because there's, there's so many different ways to invest in real estate and there's so many different markets. So you start reading different things like, you know, returns and what you can get in markets, but like markets are different all over the place. And, and you can invest in other markets where you don't live, but a lot of times proximity Mm -hmm really simplifies things or gives you a better chance to know a market. So yeah, real estate, that's where, so if you love this kind of stuff, I'd say real estate's great because you can take advantage of leverage and it's a great way to really grow your wealth. But if you don't love it, it's very, it can be very hands-on 
and take up a lot of time and it takes a lot of research and you want to look at your numbers. Like you want to understand not just, I think there's a, a mentality right now because markets have just been so good across the world mm-hmm. that people have made so much money in real estate, but that's not always the case. And so you really want to know what you need to look at the numbers and understand the numbers. And, and so, yeah, I, I caution with real estate because I know it's, it's one of those things where you could really get into the weeds and look at things and, and get into it. I mean, and, and I'm at a point now, just because I've been doing it so long, like I just know if a deal makes sense or not, I can feel that it makes sense, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that necessarily before. And it's hard to do that. And even in rising markets that we've all seen houses that have like outperformed everyone else and made way more. And we've seen houses that have made way less in exactly the same market. Like there is, there is a bit of one of the, like things aren't a set price and not every house is a good deal. So, yes. so yeah, it's <laughs> just like, I mean, just like anything real estate, you know, stocks or bonds or any other investments, everything takes time and, and experience. And two, um, like I, you know, my family has um, history of real estate. My husband does that for a living. Right. So he's very heavily involved in real estate. So I always wonder like, okay, well, Liam, do this kind of stuff when he grows up? I don't know, right? Like it's it's time will will show, but but I think like understanding if if that's something that it, it, you know is of interest, understanding like these principles, it, I think is really crucial to lay foundation. So like I'm sure you're probably talking to your boys about you know here's the types of investments that are there, you know the pros and cons, and letting them kind of you know open up their minds and see what sparks an interest. Maybe they're not going to want to do that at all, right? And something else is going to be the forefront for them um, once mm-hmm. they're more um, you know into it or old enough to make their own decisions. So, well, I will say just sort of on that and a little bit related, but not is just talking to your kids about just adult things in general. Mm-hmm. I think you can start to do so like for myself, when I'm doing a real estate investment or when I'm making a decision, especially with my older son now, like I explain the why, like I explain why I'm making those decisions and what I'm looking for and what jumps out of me. So, and that's because I'm, I'm doing these real estate things. And you mentioned you're like, your husband is doing the same. So you could talk to his son, like, Oh, why do you think this house is better? Like, but it doesn't have to be real estate. I mean, it, it could be any expertise. Like, why'd you pick the job you're in? Or what about it? Do you love? Or could you have found a job that made more money or less? And why? Like, all of these things about why as an adult, you're making the financial decisions you're making that trickles down. Like you said, like kids Mm -hmm. are watching us. Why do we choose this house and not another house? Why do we have this car and not another car? And if they understand your why, it doesn't mean that's the right answer, but they can start seeing what's going through your mind and how you make decisions. And, and that can help them. Whereas if we, especially around money, we tend to be really secretive. Mm-hmm. And the more secretive we are, there's there's just no way our kids can learn if we're secretive about everything and just don't worry about that. You don't have to know how much this costs. You don't have to know, worry about how much we spent here. You don't. And and again, this is obviously it's going to change with age, but we can start letting even our young kids know like we the reason we're going on this trip and not this trip is X Y Z. Like we can start mm-hmm. having those conversations. Yeah, I I love that that you're pointing this out. This transparency is really, really crucial. 
and two, again, from my practical experience as a financial planner, I've seen many cases where like, you know, when parents pass away, this is when the kids are adults now and they're having hard times helping their parents with the finances, right? So it's like, it's sort of like the coin is flipped, right? Because we are going to be there sometime in our lifetime. And so, um, but again, money is such a taboo topic. It's, it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of people uncomfortable to talk about and deal with. And so there's this dynamic, you know, maybe a little bit about authority, parents, kids, and then yeah, so this it it's definitely something we 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 do navigate as we're you know as we raise our own kids and then as the kids become adults and then um, we age. So um, definitely things to explore. Now I want you to share a little bit about your book. Um, you talked a little bit about the just the first chapter. I think um, what's the name of the book? How can somebody get it? And like what what is a good age group for this book? It it or if yeah. there's one. Yeah, so the book is called The Golden Quest, and it's a graphic novel, so it's super easy for kids of any age to just pick it up and read. Mm-hmm. Target audience, it's it's geared towards younger just because it is a graphic novel, so 5 to 11, 10, that mm-hmm. age is like a really good sweet spot. But everything in there is, as I mentioned, that there are fundamental rules that adults can learn as well. So, you know, high school grads, you know, adults, university students, it does apply in the same way. I, I tried to write it in a way of like a Dr. Seuss or a Calvin and Hobbes where like mm. young kids can get it, but there's little, you know, breadcrumbs and seeds of of bigger ideas that, that apply to everyone. But these conversations, the reason I wrote it for the younger kids is because they actually get the stuff easier. Like as we get older, those, those feelings and emotions and all the, you know, the shame and the guilt and the everything else and outward influence increases. Whereas the five-year-olds, it's much easier for them to get these concepts. And it's, you could go to my website, which is theawesomestuff.com and you can find it there. You can find it on Amazon. You can find, like, if you went to any of your local bookstores and requested it, they can find it. So the golden quest and, and really, so that first rule is all around mindset and then talks about some basic habits around you know, saving, investing, and then it gets into giving. And that's really, that's really it. I mean, those, those few lessons, that's, that's really what's important when it comes to financial literacy. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. I love it. Yes. I love that we start with the, the softer side of money, right? Then we get to, (laughs) to talk dollars and <laughs> another funny story from this we this morning we're sitting in eating breakfast and my son wants cereal and so and he's looking at the box it's sitting right in front of him and it says something like 100% whole grain and he looks at the numbers i mean he's still very at the very early <laughs> morning numbers he's like sees one and it's 100 right 1000 zero, 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 uh or two zeros he's like that's 1 million i'm like no 1 million has six zeros right <laughs> like six zeros like it's just it's just a fun fun age to kind of like what does that mean right like you hear this this idea so it will come right for for them at one point once they understand the basic things but i i am very much excited to get my hands on on your book and uh share it with our with our listeners as well so um are you how else can everybody connect with you if they want to learn more yeah so i mean i love talking about this stuff, talking with parents. So, I mean, you could always reach out to me directly. 
Um, I'll even give my email address. It's author at thegoldenquest.com. And you can reach out to me directly or find me through the website, theawesomestuff.com and contact me through there. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at the awesome stuff. So any, any way that they want to sort of reach out. And I mean, one of my favorite things is hearing from kids and, you know, I get, I get these little emails from kids about, you know, reading certain chapters of the book and what jumped out to them or what they loved. And especially around the giving stuff. I mean, that giving chapter is a really fun one and, and having kids reach out to me about that. I, I always love. So, yeah. I pre- Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that. The, the kids actually share with you like their experiences. That's probably the most rewarding piece. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mom and dad probably emailed you, but that's okay. <laughs> I know when a little kid's like, oh, I read this and like read this thing. And then, you know, the whole chapter's on giving and you'll have more. And they talk, this one little boy talked about like finding two pennies right after he, you know, helped a local charity and how he couldn't believe it. And like, he's already richer, like immediately after giving. And it's just, I love that kind of stuff. That is totally awesome. You are on a great mission. That's, I applaud you for doing that stuff because I think for us to fix the world, I don't know if we're doing anything. at times, right? But if we want to raise the next generation that is better than ours, that's where you start. So it's it's awesome work. Thanks so much for tuning in today and uh, very much appreciated your thoughts. Yeah, thanks so much. And yeah, no, I love this stuff. And and that's exactly my goal. If I can, if we can get to the kids, then we can, you know, change a, a generation, uh, the way they think about all of these things and and, and just make money something that's not taboo and full of emotion and just something that's simple and that would make things so much better i love it again thanks so much for coming on the show today great well thank you anna disclaimer the opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals to determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you consult with your attorney accountant financial advisor or tax professional for more specific advice. Hey there, Money Boss Parent, giving you a virtual high five because you just wrapped up another awesome episode of the Money Boss Parent Podcast. If you're craving more insights, hop over to moneybossparentpodcast.com. You'll find there detailed show notes from today's episode and even some sweet deals from our guests and partners. And if you're eager to connect with other super cool moms and dads who are just like you, who are navigating the world of money and parenting, come join our exclusive Facebook community for Money Boss Parents. The link is waiting for you at moneybossparentpodcast.com. <laughs>